0: Reality, the podcast. Create your own reality. Hello, Pod Tribe. You're listening to Refined Reality, the podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Joe, shining a light on other realities with my friend and co-host Tracy DeCaine, aka Miss Money Queen.
1: Hey, Bobby Joe. Thanks for the intro. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone's uh, week has been going great so far. I know mine has. It's kind of been a really confusing time, and it's a topic that I'm sure a lot of you have heard about, especially with what's going on, but we wanted to just talk about COVID and how it's affected us, how we've seen the world change, for the better or worse, I don't know, but... We'll get into it and give our personal opinions. And just a disclaimer, these are our personal opinions. They're not actual facts. We're reading articles and giving our feedback on what we think. So if you have any opinions of your own or would like to voice it, you can reach out to us and send us an email.
0: Yeah, the best place is to check our Facebook page at Refine Reality, the podcast, And uh, we'd love to hear from you because we're no way medical professionals. We're not speaking from a professional or medical point of view.
1: Yeah, this is all strictly from our personal opinions. And something that I think a lot of people are voicing nowadays is their opinions. And I think fear has really crept into a lot of people's minds. And it's created a lot of (laughs) doubts, a lot of chaos, a lot of not understanding what's going on and A lot of people, when they feel fear, feel confusion, they're backed up against a wall and you can see a lot of different traits coming out and some may not necessarily be for the better. Some might be for the good. I mean, some might swear that they've learned so much about themselves during these times and a lot have went through horrible situations that you've seen or that you've heard from family, friends, co-workers. So it all depends on how it's affected you personally. How do you think it's affected you Bobby Joe?
0: It's really opened my eyes to people's character, I'd say the most the most noticeable for me on a day-to-day. Because I mean, for me I've all, I'm used to those precautions. I grew up with a mother who's at risk when flu outbreaks were going on at school, just the normal flu, cold, whatever it was, I'd stay home because anything that I could get, I could pass to my mom and it would result in pneumonia because she's in the no you know, and I'm not the only person who has, who's living with someone immunocompromised. And I just feel like, in a way, I'm sort of grateful that people need to, are becoming more aware, because it was so frustrating for me having to take all those precautions, you know, and then people would ship off their kids to school with chicken pox, or, you know, one girl came to school, I remember she had shingles, and that's contagious. Like, what are you doing? If you're sick? Stay home, and I always live my life like that. And I find it refreshing to see other people relay that message to others. But it, it's also shocking the amount of, I guess, friends or family, if you will, who I don't want to say are selfish, but it's like the ends justify the means. I don't know, just have a hard time relating.
1: Yeah, I could see that side that you mean. I have family that are prone to getting sickness is easier, like their their immune system is not as as resilient as a lot of other people and they have a compromised immune system basically. So this has been pretty trying on them because it's scary. I mean we don't know what this is. This is all fairly new and it's everyone's learning what this is all about at the same time frame. Some might say, oh it's just the common flu. It's something we've seen before. They can find a vaccine. Like this is all something that they can figure out. Maybe they can. I mean, there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there. I'm sure you've all had a theory thrown at you one point or another. And I think people need to look past all of the conspiracy theories, all of the ideas that are being put in our heads. Um, Media is really bad for that. And you gotta have empathy and respect for. Other people that are surrounding you because what the media is pumping into your your head day to day, those are not the people you're seeing face to face. And you see, like, even at the beginning, people were ripping their hairs out for toilet paper, where it was something as simple that started, you know, in Australia where they didn't have a supply for it. And then it became this huge thing that went swept across the nation, like here in Canada, here in Ontario we have paper mills like this is something that it, we have the we have the supplies it's not like we're ever going to run out of making that, but it's just the media perplexed it to the point where people were so in fear of being without that they went out to the supermarkets and they bought in bulk and they fought each other for it, which is ridiculous.
0: It's, it's beyond ridiculous. And the ones who need it the most are the sick ones, are the sick people because they shouldn't be going and exposing themselves. And in reality, like you're saying, why give into the mass hysteria? that the media, you know, like day to day, you, you don't see that. And okay, you can't wipe your butt maybe, or you don't have a luxurious amount of toilet paper. Use something else. What do you think they did in our grandparents' days? Like no one died from not having the first world modern privileges.
1: It's just, I think people are, when it comes down to it, people are drawn to chaos. Whether you like it or not, people are drawn to it. They... And the media eats into it, and they eat—they eat into people's fears, and that's how they get ratings, and that's how they get people talking, and that's how, because living day to day normal life is boring. You know, some people might think it's boring, but they need something to excite themselves. And I'm not talking—I'm not saying that this is the case for everyone, but from what I've seen, from what I've heard, from the mass hysteria to toilet paper, it's—it's it's funny, really. Like all I can do is really laugh about those kind of things because there's a lot far worse things that are happening that are not even in the media. And we're putting mm-hmm. emphasis on things that don't matter. You know, the, those things don't matter here and they may matter, you know, where where it started or where it originated it, but it doesn't mean that that's the case where you're living. So you got to take everything with a grain of salt and kind of make your own decisions on what's going on around you. And I think mm-hmm. that's where it comes down to this kind of, This kind of illness is, you know, even now where we were coming down from all of the, the cases, we weren't seeing cases like specifically in our northern Ontario area, like for a month, we hadn't seen any cases, some cases were starting to spike, like in southern Ontario. And then our premier made an announcement just recently. We were we were back like down to stage three where we can have a higher amount of people having gatherings, you know, social gatherings and things like that. But now he's scaling back and going back down to the more reserved amount of gatherings. And people are, I think, were being okay with the fact that he was going away. And then after now we're taking it back and a lot of people are saying like, look, we can't move back. But it's a double-edged sword because you have to give and take, like a lot of people are going to be for and against a decision and no one's ever going to be happy with one specific decision. But I think we need to really think on a whole scale, like if this is going to be a better way to make people feel safe, feel that they can go to work, feel that they can do their jobs or be with their families or protect their families, because there's some people that their immune systems are, are just not able to take Covid, if they were to get it, right? So I think again, going back to my original message is being empathetic and being respectful of other people. And a lot of people are throwing around the idea that a lot of a lot of these theorists that that are saying, "Oh, don't wear a mask" or like the anti-maskers, that they're not being respectful. I see a double, like I see a two way on that side because in one sense, yes, people are not are feeling like. They're being trapped and they have to do, they have to follow a certain regimen in a, for, a certain way, and they feel like it's going to be like that forever. My hopes is that it's not. It's just temporary until we get a hold of this. A lot of people are saying, well, it won't come back to normal until they're vaccine," And I'm not an anti vaxxer. Like my, my children are vaccinated and I follow that. But I'm not for one for media and the pharmaceutical companies using fear. In order to get people to do what they want, like I'm not against the vaccine, I'm against what they're using the fear to put in people's heads.
0: I agree with that, but to me, I think it really showed showed me, you know, like when the stores were raising the prices of sanitizer and toilet paper. Like there was someone I had a friend; she had a baby, and they had no toilet paper, and thirty dollars yeah. for the standard, you know, amount. Like profiting—that's sickening. It people is people trying to profit off of illness and that mass hysteria and that panic and it's like to me it's ironic because i grew up in a lot of doctor's offices hospitals you know my mom was sick friends were sick and i know a lot of people you know or knew a lot of people who have passed on because of that and you know the people who pass on because someone wasn't washing their hands or sent their kids to school sick or this and this people never talked about that right it's like out of sight out of mind. So, I think now, you know, especially here where it's like, I don't know if it's a North American thing, because I notice it a lot too with some of my American friends. It's like, people don't want to be told what to do. You know, I have rights. I have rights. And it's like, well, I mean, we got to pay bills, we got to pay taxes. Like, you tell your kids what to do. If you're an employer, you got to tell your employees what to do. If you want a paycheck, like, you got to do what you're told, do your job description. Like, I, I don't get what the big deal is about you know hey wear your mask it, it could help with this and I mean in other countries they wear masks because of smog or, or if you're sick or you're not feeling well or you're not sure I mean even pre COVID I wore masks all the time I used to work in healthcare too yeah. so it's like well there's an outbreak or there's this and that you know I woke oh up my throat's a little sore I'm going to the grocery store or I'm gonna stop by see my mom or expose anyone else I'm going to wear my mask. I remember even at doctor's appointments, I've, I've worn a mask a few times pre-COVID, you know, a few years ago, and I had my doctor thank me for being, like, a, a diligent and respectful person. And that shocked me because it blows my mind, like, doctors see so many illnesses. And when you go to the hospitals and stuff, like, even pre-COVID, I mean, I, I remember in school, they taught us about um, superbugs and hospital-acquired infections, HAIs. And, because those illnesses like you know like necrotizing fasciitis and different types of pneumonia and and c diff that that really spreads when you have that many sick people in one place and that's where i think social distancing is honestly the most important thing and i mean i read things and articles about like other people in other countries they're they're going to the beach you know they're they're keeping that distance no one's wearing a mask everything's fine But for some reason, you know, I always go to the post office and I see old people or stubborn people not wearing a mask and like they're glued to me. And it's like even pre-coronavirus, I don't want someone up in my, my bubble anyway, you know? You see it a lot. I mean, for me, where I am, where
1: I work, location where I am, people have been pretty good. Like I haven't seen anyone really upset about wearing a mask, which is really refreshing because you would typically think being from a smaller area, you know, you have that stereotype that they're not as following the rules and, and, and things like that, but actually they have been. And it's nice to see that those kind of not respecting other people's wishes or, or not using the social distancing, that's not a problem here that I've seen. And even as far as with school coming back up, a lot of people have been a little bit stressed, anxious, kind of trying to figure out what's the best way to go about this. A lot of parents, from what I was hearing, because I am a parent, I have three kids, and you talk to other parents and you kind of gauge, like, am I doing the right thing? Am I sending the kids back to school? Is that the right thing? Like, is that something I should be doing versus should I be homeschooling? You know, everyone has an opinion on that. And for me, I don't have time i i don't have the support to be able to do that so i had to send the kids to school and i, I even if i did have that support even if i had that option to homeschool i i probably wouldn't do it because i know i'm not the type that would be great at doing that so and i think socializing and social skills for especially for young kids is important and i've seen a few articles about even doctors mentioning like social skills and being able to for those kids to have that is very important i do see the value in that and they're they're still going to school they're still following this you know the social distancing they're wearing their masks they're i mean right up until now like the school's been on for about two weeks now and they're still like every day learning about their regulations and everything that they need to follow protocols uh, Washing their hands, wearing their masks, you know, keeping a distance, but they're still socializing with friends. It's a bit of a change, but from what my kids have been telling me, it hasn't been too bad. I mean, they but your kids are older too. Yeah, my kids are like my youngest is going to be nine, so I have nine to thirteen year old, and they, you know, they say, "Oh, this is boring." Da da da. We're not learning anything. We're they're all talking about COVID, but I guess it's the new normal right now. For now, and. I think back at that age when I was that age and being going through that, it would be tough. Like I I try to put myself in their shoes back in the day when I was their age and having to go through that and having to be told, like, no, you can't be too close to your friends. No, you can't do this. Like only a few odd times where my middle child has mentioned, Oh, well, we didn't do anything today. We we went outside most of the day and I had to stay six feet away from my friends and we couldn't, you know, play with this certain friend. And I've even seen people post that other kids have been kind of pushed away where they were too much in a group and the other one couldn't be there. So they were kind of on their own. And it's unfortunate that those things are happening. I know that we want to make sure that everyone's safe health wise, but I
0: mean, there's a line there. I I, I think that way as a parent, there's also creative solutions too. And I, I feel like based on what my, my teacher friends have said, it's like, why not smaller class sizes
1: but let's be honest they haven't had the proper time to even prep for that kind of thing i mean in my personal opinion they should have scrapped the end of last year and just focused on what they were going to do for the new year because
0: missing and, three- and they didn't even know like prep for what two weeks before yeah it's ridiculous
1: no they they definitely needed more time and for the small amount of time that they had to prepare for this they did a really fantastic job I really have to give my hats off to them because I got emails from our school, um, Telling us that they'd be in such and such cohort, like all the three kids, and that they'd be on this, you know, in school on this day, and, you know, pick up and drop off and all that at a certain specific times, and then their lunches were all split up. That takes a lot of planning. I wouldn't want to be that person having that job being doing that because that's a lot. I mean, think about it. You have to organize and make sure that all the kids, the cohorts, because they had to split the school up in two where I am located. And they had to maneuver kids that are, you know, families that have families that have multiple children at the same school, like I do. I have three at the same school and organize where they're all together with versus other, other children. So that's a huge undertaking. And I don't know for a fact how much time they did have to do all of this planning. But if imagine if they would have had more planning, they could have had probably smaller classrooms. I don't know
0: logistically. But that's what, in my mind what makes it safer, you know, like if the school board are, and the government would have stepped up and not left it because I didn't feel like it should have been um, left to the teachers. Like that's a lot of stress and that's a big responsibility and they already have enough. Same yeah. with bus drivers. Like I see a lot of like where I am right now, they're having a shortage and people not knowing what they're doing and stuff like that. And then I worry about the kids with special needs and learning disabilities, you know, because they need – They need to be up and close with teachers and stuff like that. You know, you don't want to segregate them and isolate them either too much. But at the same time, it's like, you know, if your kid's old enough and you have the technological capability, like to stay home alone and learn, I mean, you got to do an e-learning component now anyway. Some of my friends were telling me, like my teaching friends, and I was like, well, I mean, I I could see it. For little kids, yeah, like the socializing and, and the other stuff, but, you know... I'm a, me in grade 11, I'd be sure I'm going to sleep in and do all my e-learning. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, that's great.
1: That's something too, like for, for my kids, I would have loved that, like for them to be able to do that. It's just the technology, like where I'm located, the, the, the internet capabilities doesn't allow that. I would have had to get the, you know, the school to send the work by mail, um, do it via paper because it's just logistically not, accessible for where I'm located and that's not everyone I mean across Ontario like you look at down south and you know far bigger schools where there's elementary school of 500 or more kids so I could see where a lot more of the percentage of kids and parents would decide to to leave the kids at home and they have also that capability to be able to work from home it's not to say it's going to be easy because I, I from from get-go from when it started I've always worked Like, cause I, I'm a client facing role and essential worker, So I had to be out there in the public from the, from the get go. I didn't have the chance to work from home and I didn't really have the interest of doing it either. But for, for parents that are at home that have that capability, it's not always easy either because they have to work and then manage the kids around and the noise, just the noise factor and the distraction factor would be, would be something that I wouldn't want to deal with.
0: Yeah. I mean, everyone's situation is different. And again, some people left it up to the kid's choice, which is also good. Fine. It's just, I think even working from home, like there are people where they've done fine working at home through COVID. And it makes me think just from like a pollution perspective as well, like how much cleaner everything's gotten Mm -hmm. based on like some of the stats that I read with pollution and like, you know, why have to go and pay and rent these office buildings and then have the lights on and then, this and that if you could do your job from home because then you save on babysitting if you have children you know it's more flexible i mean i think it would be great to to be able to work at home even for most of the year
1: not maybe not working too much like every day because i would feel so isolated i'm very social like i i always thought of myself as being an introvert but really i'm not because I I don't know how I could do that staying home all day like working from home and not interacting with actual people like I know yeah you're interacting with you do zoom with zoom meetings and things like that but it's not the same as being in like interacting with someone in person. I understand your standpoint where you're saying like it's safer also for the environment and you're saving money and you have more options to keep your kids at home which is great. It's great. Uh if you have that accessibility at workplace and they do allow that do it because at the get-go, a lot of people were not wanting that. And some people found that they really enjoyed working from home. And now they're in the position where I see a lot of workplaces are getting back to the point where they're bringing in their employees back from home and getting to the workplace. I've, I've noticed that a bit. And some have mentioned that they're feeling anxious and stressed of going back now because I guess, you know, they're used to being at home and they're not used to, well, they're not aware of, the new normal, the new restrictions that are in place at work. I was talking about that with a client actually about his spouse that was working from home. And that's what he was telling me is that his wife uh, initially wasn't really fond of the whole working from home idea. And then it grew on her and now she doesn't want to go back.
0: Well, that's the thing. If you you can, why not do it? You know, I understand social because I'm also extroverted, but I guess it's, it's an unpopular opinion that I was never really friends with people that, that I worked with. You know, I have I, my work life and my per- personal life. That was always super separate because work drama, you're getting paid to do your job, you're not getting paid to work. I guess maybe I look at it that way. Maybe just for me, it's just easier based on the money that you save if you can do your job from home. Yeah.
1: And not to joke or anything, but I've been watching The Office. I don't know if you watch it, but it's a fantastic show. And it, it talks about like the dynamics at work and different type of personalities you work with and people that you don't really like or people you do like and just the whole interaction of an office space. And it just really has reminded me of a lot of workplaces that I've been in and the kind of personalities that I've clashed with or got along with. And I don't know, I just it, I find that that I... Do you like create a bond with the people I work with because I'm with them for some people are with their coworkers for twelve hours a day, so some might say that you're with your coworkers more than your family because you work more, so I could see where that kind of aspect taken away and you're at home on your own and if you don't have that interaction, it might be different, whereas some people might love it like like you said you you would love that that kind of scenario situation and being and being that in that case but i don't know i just i might be just saying this out of my head and not really knowing because i haven't been through the experience of working from home i'm just going based on how i think i would feel
0: mm. but you have your um, i mean your friends that you hang out with too like that's the thing for me it never really changed except wearing a mask at the grocery store and other public places because you know i stay home until it was like the research was done, and, and I had all those stats and whatnot, and I felt more comfortable. And then I I just distanced with a lot of my friends because I have the same group and they have the same group, and we all hang out. And like that's what we did: social distance outside, over a few beers, a fire. Like it was nice, you know. It, it didn't really change too much. There's just precaution, and I think eliminating being forced to be with people that you don't really want to hang out with to limit your exposure and then be able to put more time with, you know, your loved ones and whatnot. I think that that's a great thing for me anyway.
1: It's been good because I initially was reduced hours, so I didn't work as much and I had more free time. And I, you know, I thought to myself at the beginning, what am I going to do with my time? Like what the loneliness was starting to creep in and, you know, my husband being away for a month at a time and, didn't really have, you weren't really able to go and see people or interact with people. So I kind of just started doodling and drawing a little bit just to pass the time. And it kind of just developed into something that was, you know, it made its own identity in my life where I did that and it just blossomed um, into something I really enjoyed doing, passions that I really enjoyed doing. And I, as bad as everything has happened, it's been a blessing for me because, I really found myself creatively speaking through the flexibility of being able to have more time to do those things. Whereas maybe before I wouldn't have had that time because you know, working you know, nine to five, I always had that popular opinion where I don't have time for that. I'll do that later. I'll do that later. Mm-hmm. I just push it back later. But now with that time that you had, there was no really real excuse. And me now being back at work full time, I still don't really have an excuse not to do it. Yeah, I might have less time, free time to do my portraits, my paintings, and all that. But in reality, it was all in my head. Like I was making up all these excuses to not do these things, whereas I could have done them all along.
0: Yeah, I mean, we always set limits for ourselves for some reason, you know. And a lot of my friends, too. Hey, you want to go for a walk, or you want to do this? And I'd always be asking because I'm a stay-at-home mom anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? So people think, oh, this didn't really affect you. But moving somewhere remotely, not having any family, not knowing anybody because of my husband's work, it's isolating. It is. And yeah. strangely enough, I've had so much more people reach out to me. You know, now we keep our Zoom dates and FaceTimes and all that. We keep those dates. And I feel way less depressed. And I have people, you know, because there's a lot of people, I'm surprising, um, there's a, like an alarming rise in anti-maskers and people who are you know taking to social media and berating people who are wearing their masks etc calling people sheeple and whatnot <laughs> and i find it really it, it's just surprising i guess to me still where it's like you know zoom calls and stuff are great like i i can't physically be there i feel less isolated i've always suffered from depression you know, I've always had to take medical precautions growing up. It's always been my normal. Yeah. And it's sort of like a breath of fresh air for me now to finally not be that weird person, you know, labeled as a germ freak or this and that and constantly having to explain it. Because now I have people that, oh, yeah, that's true. And that they can understand where I'm coming from. Yeah. That's... You know, if I, when I was to be at PSW and there was an outbreak of gastro, at the old age home, like, hey, i got to come home. i got to shower. Why are you wearing a mask? Well, it's, you know, to protect you or to even just protect myself. But I also don't judge. Like, in my friend group, there's a lot of people that don't want to wear masks, but they're all very healthy people. And we watch our, our friend group, you know, and I'm not going to question them. And out of respect, they don't question me if I want to wear a mask. So I, I don't understand why I see I guess I don't understand all the judgment I see is how is what I I should be saying because it's like what what's the big deal for wanting to feel safe? We all deserve to feel safe.
1: Yeah, and another thing too, wearing a mask it doesn't demean your your freedom. It's a mask. It's something that you could wear and if you need to wear it in a place that they say you need to wear a mask, just wear the mask. You might not believe in it or want to wear it or whatever reason that you decide, but it, it's not something that is going to prevent you from walking, living, you know, breathing, but there are some cases where some people can't wear it for medical reasons. But if you're a healthy individual with no issues except for the issue of wearing a mask, just wear it. It's not something that's going to... It's not a movement that's going on and saying... If we wear a mask, we're, no, we're, we're relinquishing our freedom. No, that's not, that's not what it is. It's just to be able to protect other people. And I think it's being able to put people's mind at ease and having the respect and the empathy for others. I think that's the main focus. And don't,
0: yeah, agree. And also stop getting medical advice from Facebook and online. <laughs> I see so many People, oh my goodness, Tracy, it's ridiculous. Like, if you're not sure, contact your health unit. Contact your health unit because they're there for you. Every community has one, even remote communities like where I am. And, like, the masks do not keep germs in your lungs. You know, they don't do all these magical and horrible things. I've had those same masks, I've worked, you know, 14 hours, short, uh, short like, short changes, crazy amounts with those masks for years and you know, I, I get asked, I have asthma and like you're fine because if it's restricting you from breathing, you it's probably not, you know, a good thing. Like you could sleep with your head under the blankets. Like that's how I sleep and I haven't suffocated yet. So I think it's just in a lot of people's heads and it's more like you said, like the, I don't want to, I have freedoms, I have rights. You know, I mean, okay, certain respirators and certain things like that, you can't wear a mask. But when you're around those people out of respect, just wear a mask, you know? And I find it strange that people, it's like, I don't want to be told what to do or this. It's like, I'm sorry, but if you're coming home to my house for dinner, I mean, you know, certain, even prior to COVID, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's certain social situations that demand, like, a certain etiquette and respect, right? Like, I'm not going to go take a big fat shit and i wash my hands and serve you food. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it's my right. Yeah. And how dare you be like, go wash your hands. But like, that's gross. If you're coughing and gross, like wear, and not sure if you're sick, wear your mask.
1: Yeah. It's, I think people are just so afraid of any kind of like there, these theories of the government's doing this and, you know they're all doing this to to do this or do that there's all sorts of theories and it's just like okay it's fine to have a conspiracy theories i've had mine but i keep those for myself to to go around shouting it on the top of your lungs you know protesting all those things like we haven't seen that where we are luckily but from what i've been seeing and it's just it blows my mind because to think we're in 2020 and we are we are we think that people are against us in this it's something that it's hard for me to even try to figure out where i stand i like I, I i'm like one person in the background that's just like watching this all unfold and i'm just trying to formulate an opinion and it's hard to formulate an opinion because people say one thing to another each and every day and I think we're all trying to go through this as we learn, and I don't know. It's it's really hard. I, I don't know about you, but for me, it's really hard to kind of formulate an opinion.
0: I mean, my opinion is more: what right do we have over somebody else? You know, I don't like that that sort of "pick me, pick me" bullshit. You know, oh, I matter more. I matter more. I mean, you mat. Everyone matters. Yeah. But how self-righteous do you have to be to disregard someone else's health? You know, I don't wear my mask. We just social distance when I'm in my friend group because I have that conversation and we know where people's been. And, it's, you know, I can ask them, like, hey, you're coughing, blah, 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 or, or this and that, or, you know, like there's that communication. But I have no right to go to a restaurant and it start interrogating people around me. So just do a precaution, take a precaution. You know, I remember because I had hay fever, I'd wear masks because it's like, you're. I look gross. Like I'm all swollen whatnot. And if someone has a cold, I don't want to get it and add to the hell that is my hay fever <laughs> and trouble breathing and all that stuff. It, it, it's horrible. Yeah. And the amount of people I've had be repulsed by me and like complain about my mask or wearing my, and me being like, it's my right. I mean, I can go for a jog down the street without a shirt and have my titties everywhere, and that's my legal right in Ontario. You know, you, you can't encroach on someone else's right. So it's like, I find it weird because it's a lot of people who I see pointing at other people, like, that's dumb, that's not right, and then wanting to be like, oh, anti-masks, it's all control. But it's like you're doing the same thing. You just look ridiculous. You know, if, if your health's good and you don't want to wear your mask at your social gathering, that's your choice. But I don't think you should take away choices from other people. You know, and really, I don't understand why people are complaining, too, about the whole restaurant thing. Because it's like, I remember my grandmother used to have a restaurant and she had to put a sign. And I, you don't see those really anymore. <laughs> but I remember she had to enforce it so many times. No shoes, no shirt, no service. No one wants to go for a nice dinner. And like, buddy's just chilling without a shirt and no socks with smelly feet. And then you're just sitting there having your nice meal. And it's like, oh, why? Like we can't smoke in restaurants anymore. And I think
1: a lot of people purposely exaggerate their opinions and, because it comes down to fear, right? I mean, the ones that are extremists that are afraid of their of their freedom, It's it's it comes down to fear at the end of the day. Like it or not, they're afraid that things are going to be stripped from them and they feel the need to protest and to make themselves known that this is not okay and make a big show, but then they're not thinking about the people that are affecting them because they're not thinking that it may be their grandmother or maybe their child or maybe their sister or maybe their brother that's really sick because one person decided not to wear a mask or cough in another person. I mean, there was a whole thing of people just going into random stores or random restaurants or places at the beginning and just coughing in people's faces for no good reason.
0: That's so rude. Even pre Corona, that's so
1: rude. It is. uh, it, It is super rude. Like you, would you want that done to you? I don't think so. So why would it be okay for you
0: to do that to other people? Like even just, you know, farting. Imagine like you're having a nice meal and someone just like rips ass at the dining table at a restaurant. Like that's embarrassing. That's gross. Yeah, it's a little. Like people are paying to have an experience.
1: You come to my household, you'll pay.
0: for You'll
1: pay for an experience, all right? Because they all decide to fart at the at the table, or you do like my husband and fart in the truck, and you lock. He locks the windows, and we all have to suffer. But needless to say, you don't do that. Yeah, you don't do that in a public setting. That's where you teach. You know, I teach my kids etiquette and being able to. You know, when you're in a public setting, not everyone is accustomed to maybe how you live in your in the you know, the comforts of your own home. And I don't know, there was something that was on the radio actually that kind of made me giggle, where there was a girl that went on a date with a, a guy and on a first date, and they mentioned that after he finished his, his dinner, he grabbed his plate and he brought it up to his face and he licked the plate clean. So they wanted to know an opinion on would she go on a second date with him because he licked his plate? You know, some people are saying, Oh, they're just over-exaggerating. You know, it's not, not a big deal. Some people say that's a deal breaker. There was people on all sides and making those opinions. And it's just, it it comes down to personal experience and what you're comfortable with, I guess.
0: Yeah. I've told people too. like I've had to tell them like, Hey, I don't like how you ask me favors or I don't like this. Like to me, that's, and if they respect you, they stop. You know, I've even had friends be like, "Hey, you can call me weird, but I don't like it when someone sits in my spot, and I'm just like, "Okay, and I don't because like we all have quirks, mm-hmm. we all have our own things, and it's like at the end of the day is it a big deal? Is it really a big deal to be like, "Hey, I, I respect you, you respect me let's let's give and take and compromise." I mean, even pre-Corona, I remember there are some people that are just nasty, and I had this issue with—I guess I don't know—maybe I am a little bit of a germaphobe with personal space. And like i have had—I've been spat on, and like in healthcare, and like bit, and all that stuff so much. So it's like uh, I don't like too many things in my bubble. And I remember I was working at a retail job one day, and this elderly man strolled in, and he was so rude. He was so rude. And he's like, "Call, call the taxi, whatever." I don't have a phone. I'm like, okay, yes, sir. One moment. I was with people, and I was checking out this lady and her husband, and this old man was just standing there in his walker, like right by the cash, and making grunting noises. And he was far, he was defecating. He was he was <laughs> pooping, full on having a bowel movement. You can hear. I'm not even joking. And it smelled. And it was loud, and he was just like, oh, like grunting and forcing it out. And I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, I can't be rude and be like, go shit outside. We don't have a public bathroom. And then it was just the shock of this man is rude, didn't care, and is pooping.
1: I want to get to that age and not –
0: I want to – Bob Joe.
1: just FYI, I want to get to that age and not give (laughs) a fuck about what people say. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, you would do that Just walk in there? He didn't buy he did anything. Even, he no, no, just no. Came in there, not to
1: that extreme. Not to that extreme, but just like not give a fuck, like you know.
0: <laughs> and the girl and I'm trying to not laugh. I'm like, that's rude. You know, two wrongs don't make a right. Whatever. I still got to save face with these customers. And the wife was like, Oh, oh my gosh. Ooh, they're bowling and the husband was crying and I'm looking at the husband and then I'm crying, and then that guy is still pooping himself. He took fifteen minute long poo. Oh my god! Just standing there and and then his taxi showed up and he's like, uh, "Bye!" and just like left. And I was like, "Oh my god!" What an experience! What, what an just experience. happened?
1: oh yeah i i think one thing that i've learned throughout this whole pandemic is that people just don't surprise me anymore at all i've seen all sorts of people and how they've dealt with this and oh one thing i've learned is that i really do know how to pick those type a's out of the crowd now the people that need to be like okay what do you
0: mean you
1: know like the the people that need to get things done like right away, you know, like the person that gets their phone bill in the mail let 's just say, well, I need to pay it right now, you know it 's due on january twenty third it 's January second, but you know what, just in case i 'm going to pay it the day I received it and it's it 's funny because the services that I offer they 're all extended, and I just see people running in and Lineups and and it, it's like I, I I joke around with my clients. I'm like, there must be a sale on stickers or something going on because it's just it's it's just shocking. And of course, like it's, it's this innate feeling that these people need to like get this done. And it's just because people are so on schedule and things. And that's the thing. Like with this with this whole COVID and people trying to say conspiracy theories and break down like all of the all of the kind of structures that are in place in society today, if there was no structure in society, it'd be chaos. I'm telling you, it'd be chaos. And that's why people are so type A, so structured nowadays. But I think, to be honest, it's for the best because people without structure, they're completely lost. Like they don't know what to do. And for the betterment of humanity, we need structure as as bad as it sounds and as you know some people are trying to break free from those norms break free from 9 to 5 or whatever you're trying to break free from we still need those people that are structured that do the day to day jobs that maybe some people might not like there you can't all have free thinkers free spirits if everyone was a free thinker free spirit you know there wouldn't be any structure like we wouldn't have the world we have i mean
0: i could see that I, I could see that, you know, because if I had a bunch of me in a room, we wouldn't get anything done because what if our chakras didn't align? You know, <laughs> I, I I could see that being a thing, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like I've always felt that it would be beneficial if we had mandatory army or more like military in school growing up. You know, personally, because it's like adapt and overcome. Like this has shown me people who I have thought were really put together and they're not because they need nine to five. They need everything to be normal when one thing's out of place, you know, like friends. It's like, what happened? Well, my kid threw a tantrum. So you're two hours late. Like, dang, like my, my dad would have me, he's not type a, I don't even know what the hell he is. Maybe type a to Z like all in one. Like he's just the williest of niliest and it's, he'll he'll be whatever type he wants to be that day and he'd still have me and my mom in a wheel a wheelchair in that van you know when i was young and we would be somewhere within 15 20 minutes so i just i just don't understand like some people they need to do everything in a sequence and if one thing is out they can't function you know and then you have people like me where it's like what do you mean I have to do something at a certain time? Like a specific time. Because and I, it's so free spirited, right?
1: Yeah. And I think there's perfection in having a combination of different type of people. There's you can't all have, like you said, the same type of person because you know, it would be it would be disastrous. It would it would totally be disastrous because like I'm the type that I'm very regimented, things need to be structured and I'm not just that, mind you, like in certain areas of my life, I'm not really like that. I'm a little more quote unquote, like you said, willy-nilly. Maybe not to that extreme, but I do give myself some freedom. But I think that those type of people you do need because they're the ones that get shit done. You know, you, you 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 can see a person that they're structured, you know, they get things done and it's just, they get shit done because they're organized, they're it's like a well-oiled machine.
0: Yeah, I, I see that. But I also see that there's type A and then I feel like there's the people who could just still get stuff done. Like, my husband's not type A at all. But he gets things done. He's like an oil machine. He, he, okay, he's probably going to be mad if he's listening, but he <laughs> poops on a schedule. And I have never in my life I do that. I met someone who poops on a schedule. I do. What the hell is wrong with you? You are my husband. (laughs) I am. I seriously am. But like, how? Like, he knows everything. This takes me this long. It takes me this minute, this long to shower. It takes me this long to get dressed. I have to put this here and do this. Everything's at the same spot. But it doesn't matter if he has to get called at 1 a.m., 1 p.m., or 5 a.m. Because he works on call. And he'll go to work and they'll be like, hey, you're going you're gonna to be going to work for like five days or like two days. So he's always organized and ready to go. And a lot of people are like, how do you, you know, that's a hard lifestyle to maintain. There's a lot of divorce in his field. Being gone like that and me, it's like, well, our plans would always change growing up based on my mom's health. You know, sometimes she wasn't good enough to do this. Sometimes my dad had to be up all night with her and I had to manage by myself, you know, to entertain myself and whatnot. So, like, for me, it, I never, ever had structure, you know, and I I have more structure than I ever had with my husband, but they're still not that that normal structure. Because I remember was saying it's, it's really just a sequence, mm-hmm. you know, and he's like, there is a structure that will work for you because we'll, being all willy-nilly and all over the place isn't good, but I think you just got to find your sequence.
1: Yeah, he's right about that, you know. it's It's all about finding your sequence, and... As busy as my life is, and sometimes you know i a wrench gets thrown in, and everything kind of goes wacky, and things don't fall into place. I still manage to go through it, like you said you you find a sequence, you find a way of doing things, and you're comfortable doing those things, and you you go about it and and get it done yeah you're right there's different types of people where they have different regimens to the super type A where everything's done at a specific time. And if something happens, then it just like totally fucks up their day. And it's like a big la-di-da to get around that. Whereas some people are more, they could adjust easily and move their kind of sequences along with it where that's what it sounds like with your husband. And then you have people like my husband where they're super relaxed. Like I'm talking about like Having a conversation with him on the phone is excruciating. And what I mean by that is that he is not quick at talking. He's not quick at doing things. Like he works at his own pace. Like it's one pace and that's it. There's no other pace, it's just the one pace. And it's infuriating for me sometimes because I ask him to do something and he can hear me. He just doesn't acknowledge me right away. And then after I say it again, and then I say it a third time, and then after I get to the point where I'm fucking losing my mind, and one of my friends just looked at him and like, "Just can you just respond to her because she's just losing her mind in the kitchen over there? And he's just there smiling like, yeah, I'll get to her. I'll get to her, you know? (laughs) And that's one thing that he says. He loves getting me to the point where I'm losing my mind. And it's like, why?
0: I, you know what, I I feel like I can relate to your husband a lot, and I think it's just that type of affection, you know, and then also, just, for me, it's being willy-nilly, like, sometimes we'll have to go somewhere, and Frank is like, well, there's a sequence, I always get ready and do this a half hour before, and I go to the bathroom at this time and do that, and then he'll be like, hey, do you want to go to my mom's, I'm like, okay, he's like, giving you two hour notice, I'm like, okay, and I'll be like, are you ready to go, and I'll walk like walk in and be like, Why are you naked on the toilet? It's five two. We said we'd be there at three. It's two fifty-five. What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> like oh my why? Goodness. And I'm just like, things happened. And then he just like ah
1: <laughs> Oh my god you guys you guys it's like a funny we need to do a podcast all four of us. I swear to God it would be amazing.
0: It would just be you and my husband blindsiding me and your husband. <laughs> oh, you, we,
1: we, you guys would be like, we, we would put you under the bus quite a bit. I, I would see that happening. <laughs> I would see that happening, and then after okay. you'd have, and then you'd have my husband saying, "No, this is how it happened. No, he, he has like this way of like, even with my." giving birth and everything, he kind of says, Tracy, you have no concept of time, like especially around that time. And in my mind, I knew exactly what happened and what sequence and whatever happened. And in his mind is like, no, that's not at all what happened at all. (laughs) We just kind of see different situations and completely different goggles. You know, you're looking at something and it looks completely different from what both of us are saying, but we managed to get along really well.
0: And that's the thing. Like, there are so many people that have different opinions, right? Like, just like with anything. And and just to, like, you know, make this relevant to the whole coronavirus thing, I mean, you hear – there's people who want to get divorces because they can't stand being with their spouses. And I feel like, in a way, it's – I don't know. I started looking at it as a positive thing and being thankful, weirdly enough, because – the first two month, uh, weeks of this pandemic, I was so scared. I didn't leave the house. I was like, no. I was like, if we don't all leave the house, you know, for three weeks, maybe it'll die, and then that'll be it, you know? Yeah, I think that's what everyone was hoping. And it, it's – now we're here. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm like, well, you know what? It really shows me, like, what kind of people I want to surround myself with. Yeah, like, if I have people that are anti-maskers but they're respectful, It's like, okay, it's your choice. Just so much where it's like, Oh, this person's so respectful, or you know, oof, I thought that person would have been respectful, but they're not.
1: Yeah, it's coming together and learning different type of personalities, like you said. And it's really showing like the resilience in people and being able to adapt quickly, whereas some people are not able to adapt as quickly and it takes a bit more time. So I think the ones that are like me where we're always on a fast track and able to adapt quickly we just kind of have to be more mindful of the people that take a little bit more time to adapt or a different style and it's just really working together because uh, at the end of the day we're all in this together right
0: well that was refined and real many thanks to you our listeners for staying with us until the very end for more about us and what we do Check us out on our Facebook page Refined Reality the podcast. And a huge shout out to Architect for building our music like what you hear. Check out his info in our description. Until next time, get some R&R. Stay curious. This is Bobby Joe signing off.